Hello and welcome to episode 222 of Ferg on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Joining me as always is the magnificent League Freak. You can find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very good. Uh, going very good, apparently. How are you, Andrew? Hmm. We know what you've been up to before we yeah. started the podcast. <laughs> I was just thinking, uh, you know what we should have done is an intro for uh, Richie Benno. That's why I paused. Oh, really? I was thinking I should do a chew for 20 chew. Great minds. Magnificent. Um, look, we had a bit of a good bit of feedback from the last episode when we looked at the greatest teams of all time. And yeah. some of that feedback said, how's about doing some of the worst teams of all time? So yeah, here, and it, it's, you've worked out a metric for this. Why don't you tell us about how the metric works and how many teams we'll be going through? Because... There were, like you just mentioned to me, there's a lot of teams that didn't do really well. Yeah, so I started out and I got um, every team that had a regular season win percentage of 20% or worse, mm-hmm. and that gave me uh, 103 teams. Mm-hmm. 104 teams, sorry, 104 teams. And then from there, I've decided to rank them all based on their win percentage. Mm-hmm. then their average points conceded, and the average margin. Um, and the higher you, or the worse you were in each one, you got a, a like a rank of one, and so on and so forth. And the yeah. team that had the lowest combined score of all those, ta-da, is your worst team all up. Yeah, because like it really takes into account what you consider to be a worse performance. Is it can't win games, or is it you concede so many points? Because some of the seasons were so short early on in the game's history um, that basically you could have a team early on that would only win one game all year, but they would be considered to be better than a team in recent years that maybe got four wins, but because we're playing so many games, or even two wins, because we're playing so many games now, it makes it difficult to just rate them purely on wins and losses. Exactly. So a good example, okay, Cumberland from 1908, they had one win from just eight games. Mm. Um, one of the historically worst teams out there. But one win from eight games equals a win percentage of 12.5%. Mm-hmm. And you look at someone like you know, the West team from 1999, they had the same win percentage, but they only won three games out of 24 yeah. So it's it's interesting how that all works. So it does the win percentage is important. The average points conceded is important because that shows you how bad the team's defense was. And the mm-hmm. average margin also takes into account their bad defense plus if they had a really poor attack. Yeah. Cuz you know, if they've got a really poor attack but the defense wasn't atrocious, the average margin will pick up that gap as well. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So there we go. We've got a top 20 here this time. Excellent. So we'll go from 20 to 1, I guess, hey? Yeah, we will. Excellent. So who's lucky number 20? Lucky number 20 is the 1918 Annandale side. Oh, nice. Um, They went through the entire... They were the first team to go through an entire season without winning a match. They lost all 14 games, um, scored 73 points, Conceded 316, had an average margin of minus 17.36. Wow. Um, 
And trust me, that's not even close to the worst average margin. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, here's number 19. Yeah, numbers, numbers 19 and 18 were actually back-to-back seasons for Newtown. So the 1977 Newtown team had two wins from 22 games, and the 1978 Newtown team had also two wins from 22 games, The which was a win percentage of 9.09%. Mm-hmm. Um, the 1978 Newtown side only scored 199 points, which is an average score of nine per game. Mm-hmm. But the 1977 Newtown team conceded 604, which was you know, 27.45 points per game, which was worse than the 78 outfit. So Jeez. they were pretty bad. To think that they actually made it to a grand final, uh, was it th- two or three years after that? That's an impressive yeah. turnaround. And then were gone, like, almost immediately. Yes. Um, and those teams struggled, that Newtown side struggled there in the mid to late 70s, mostly because there was an awful lot of, um, let's call it off-field issues that went on with a lot of the players at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a whole episode there we could do. Oh, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> All so right, next, next? Next, we've got the 1993 Gold Coast side. They had one win from the 22 games that year. Ooh, I actually think I might have gone and seen this team play. Was it, was that the one that was? Uh, were they coached by Wally Lewis? I think they might have been actually. Yeah, it was either ninety two or ninety three. I feel like he he coached them. It was but definitely. I feel like it was ninety three. Uh, yeah, he was coached there in ninety three. Yeah, I went and watched that team play Penrith. The top try scorer for the year was Adrian Vowles, and he scored five tries. Oh, wow. The top point scorer was Steve Weston, and he scored 30 points. How's that even possible? That's that's pretty bad. That's incredible. <laughs> that, that's absolutely incredible. Did they have a bunch of point scorers, or was it just no. they weren't converting many tries? They they scored on an average of ten point four points per game. Wow, they, they were just a hopeless attack. Wow, that's incredible. And speaking of hopeless attack, we go on to our next team, which is the nineteen eighty four Western Suburbs team. Mm-hmm. And they had one win from twenty four games, which was they played two extra games in that Gold Coast team in ninety three. Um, and they averaged ten point one seven points per game in attack, which is a little bit less than that Titans. Uh, sorry, that. Gold Coast Seagulls team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just, they were dire. Now, that was about around about the period where it looked like they were going to be kicked out the comp and they kind of just made it through, yeah. didn't they? This is the year after. So they were pretty much on the chopping block and had practically been kicked out of the comp at the end of 1983. Mm-hmm. And there was. There's a number of things that helped them get back in. So the New South Wales Rugby League had actually approached Newtown about relocating out to Campbelltown. Mm-hmm. And the game was actually going to give them one year to relocate everything out to Campbelltown, get all their finances on order, and they'd be able to continue out there. And before they got to do that, Western Suburbs decided to move from Arana out to Campbelltown. Mm-hmm. And that's partly what killed off Newtown and what partly kept West alive. West were doing things too, like having concerts and raffles and stuff like that to raise enough money to pay their bills to make sure they could continue on, and they did just enough to to continue on for the next year. 
Pretty savvy move, really, huh? Oh, yeah, it, was, it made a lot of sense, too. Mm. So, yeah, it was um pretty remarkable. We might have to, we'll might do an episode on all of that, too, because there's quite a lot going on. The, the South team from 83 were also on the chopping block, as were Cronulla at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention Newtown. And Newtown actually did get cut. So, yeah, quite a lot went on there. Mm. And the next team was the 1996 uh, Eastern Suburbs team. Oh, really? That's interesting. They lost all 18 games that year. I had forgotten all about them. They were... They, they weren't exactly a team that got um, disgraced. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't have a lot of huge scores put on them. They just couldn't win games. They just couldn't win games. So they, they pretty much conceded 20 points in nearly every single game. Um, Was that they had Shane Warrett as a winger? No, no, we're going back to 66, mate. Oh, 66. I heard, yeah. I heard 96, sorry. Uh, that's all right. Um, yeah, this is 66. So they only had at that time um, one representative who'd actually played interstate footy, and that was Kevin Juney. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. It's um, pretty, John... pretty handy player to have been in a, a team that couldn't win a game. Yeah, I think they largely had a fairly young sort of team. Yeah. Um, just having a look through the team lineup there. I mean, I don't know if too many of the names there. Um, a young John Peard was in the side. Bomber. Yeah. Who I believe is a distant relative of mine as well. Oh, really? Yeah. I went and saw him at uh, St Mary's Leagues Club at a luncheon with it was uh, him, Mal Meninga, and Gary Freeman. It was fantastic. He's a feral um, uh, personality, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, that that east side, they only had one blowout score, and it was around 14 loss to Manly where they lost Mm -hmm. 53-0. Yeah. other than that, they conceded 30 points in a game twice, and the rest was less than that. So, they were, sorry, three times. So, you know, they weren't being disgraced every week. They just didn't have a very good attack. Okay. So who's um, next on the list? Next is the 1990 South Sydney team. Oh, really? Wow. And I'd probably rank this high based on the year before. So in 1989, South were the minor premiers. Mm-hmm. And then during the off-season a drug scandal ripped through the club. And it was mostly marijuana. Yeah. Uh, a lot of players had tested positive to marijuana, I believe. South had to lay off a fair few players. The Just devastated the club. And they won just two of 22 games the following year. Yeah. And never recovered. Yeah. that I mean, they were terrible for the rest of the decade until they got kicked out. Yeah. That was pretty much it. it Decimated the club because they they'd been reasonably strong through the eighties as well. Mm-hmm. They even featured in the 87 final series, mm-hmm. so they were a pretty decent team. But yeah, that that nineteen ninety season that was a one from hell for them. It, it um, makes you think about if if right now it come out that any team in the competition had a lot of positive tests for marijuana, which is a banned substance. Mm-hmm. It, how it would be handled by the NRL. I think that there would be, I think there'd be players that would be suspended for a number of weeks and fines. I don't think it would be devastating like that was, though. 
No, because this is... I think this is the first time we had um, a whole club being pretty much heavily impacted by a drug scandal. Yeah. And it's not because testing was still in its infancy back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was... It did rock the club pretty hard. They... They conceded 652 points that year, which is way worse than anybody else. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it took the mantle off Gold Coast to be the worst team because Gold Coast were widely tipped to be the wooden spooners uh, in 1990 after having a pretty poor 88 and 89 season. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, the next team is the 1946 South Sydney team, and they lost all 14 games that year. And this is the year before Manly and Parramatta came into the comp. Oh, that's an interesting one. And I believe that was the first wooden spoon that South Sydney collected. Mm-hmm. So it took them 38 years to come last. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, they they scored just, just under nine points per game and conceded just over 25. That was a pretty bad year for them. And they yeah. did struggle for a while after that too. Mm-hmm. Um, the next team is... You're going to hear this club a fair bit coming up. Mm-hmm. University from 1934. <laughs> <laughs> Who? And it's funny because they're one of the teams when you, when we started talking about like best teams, worst teams, there's a couple of clubs where you go like that one, that one, and that one for worst team of all time. And university is one of them, unfortunately. Yeah. They've got four years in a row here where they were just, just trash. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. They were out of trash. Mm-hmm. Um, they had one win from 14 games here, scored just uh, eight points a game and conceded 26. So it was similar to that South team from 46. Yeah. Um, next is a more recent one. It was the North Queensland Cowboys in their debut season of 95. Oh, that's an interesting one. They had two wins from 22 games. So while the win percentage was a bit higher than the rest of the teams here at 9%, um, they conceded 30 points a game. It's interesting because there was a lot happening in that season off the field. And it, I think it probably takes away from how bad they were. Because if they had to come in and everything was fine, people would have immediately have been saying, is this a good idea? Was this a mistake letting a North Queensland team in? But of course, the rugby league world was tearing itself apart at the time. So n- not too many people really care and what was going on at the field. It was kind of what was going on in the courts. That's right. Um, the next one, we're starting to get towards the the really bad teams now. Yeah, so what this are we one, up to now? Uh, this is number uh, 10 now. So we're in the okay, top 10. Top 10, excellent. So at 10th, we've got the 1910 Western Suburbs team. Okay. They had one win from 14 games. They conceded 27 points per game. Um, they come up against a red-hot South Sydney team in the middle of the year and got beat 67-0. And to this day, that's still South Sydney's biggest win. Far week, out. That's crazy. The week after that, South beat North 53-4 to in what was just an unbelievable you know, fortnight for them. Yeah. But, yeah, Westwood just... Yeah, they've been based at that time? Oh, Ashfield, I guess. It wouldn't have been too, it wouldn't have been what we would really consider proper West. No. Um, they were known as the fruit pickers back then too. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. I never heard that before. There you go. Is there a reason they were called the fruit pickers? 
Oh, I dare say there was fruit to be picked out there. <laughs> oh, thanks, Scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. The nicknames are pretty obvious back then. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, the next, number nine is, and this might surprise you, is the 1999 Western Suburbs team. Uh, we both hold them dear to our hearts, don't we? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're usually a marker for, you know, if you want to find out about some of the worst defences that's ever been around, you go to that 99 West side. Um, they hold the record for conceding the most amount of points in a season at 944, which was 39.33 points per game. And jeez, um, old bat, like... The weird thing about them is, at the time watching them, you knew they were historically bad. Yeah. And Are they that the worst team you've it. ever seen? Um, oh, geez. I'd, I'd have to... I'd probably have to say yes. Yeah, they, they, I I hold them as the worst team I've seen. Um, I... I've I've got to say though this this Broncos team this year is is pushing it and it's only because the quality of players they've got they shouldn't be performing as badly as they are. That West yeah. team from '99 didn't really have many um, household names, let alone stars. Yeah, when you when you looked at that West team, it was it, it was a little bit like the the Bulldogs right now over yeah. the last couple of years, where you're like, what are they supposed to do? These these guys are just outmatched in the top grade and. And, and, yeah, I get what you mean about the Broncos. You look at their team and, look, there's a bunch of those players that would walk into a lot of teams in the NRL right now and they shouldn't be performing where they are. But all the numbers and their performances and everything, they're terrible. But, yeah, that West team, that was uh, that was terrible. Now, was it that year that Tommy Rodonigas said they didn't have a game plan? So how could the opposition teams know what they're going to do if they didn't know what they were going to do? Correct. <laughs> one of the greatest ever rugby league quotes, that one. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, that West team, you might be surprised to know, had the second worst points conceded per game average. Oh, only the second worst. Second worst, the 39.33. Okay. The worst is the very next team, and that was the 1935 Bulldogs. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> They conceded 41.25 points per game over a 16-game season. So that's 660 points they conceded in 16 games. That's incredible. And a lot of that comes down to um, a 91-6 to loss to St. George. Mm-hmm. The following week, they lost 87-7 to to East, the two biggest wins in the game's history. Mm-hmm. Um, East then put another 60 points on them uh, later on in the season. That's the mo- and the East Dave Brown he scored the most points in a single match by a player in that game that uh, eighty seven point game. That's correct. Yes, he scored uh, five tries and fifteen goals for forty five points in that game. And in I the did... return in the return match when they played later on, he scored yeah. six tries and ten goals. How much was that for? Uh, that would be six tries, thirty eight points. It'd be so weird to see that. So he scored, yeah, 83 points in two games against Canterbury that year. Yeah, that's incredible. As they went on to score 152 points against the Bulldogs in two games. That's (laughs) That's incredible. That's just insane. Yeah, all those numbers, that's like, 
the, the so, so far the first numbers that have really blown my mind the west's points conceded over the season is crazy but that one there it's like i just can't do the calculations in my head and work out what that must have been like i'll go through okay the their season results mm-hmm. and just read out the scores where they conceded at least 30 points a game okay, okay. So round two, they lost to South 37-9. Round three, lost to Balmain 44-5. Round five, lost to St. George 91-6. Round six, lost to East 87-7. Round 12, they lost to Balmain 39-7. Round 13, lost to Newtown 49-9. Round 14, lost to St. George 34-6. Round 15, lost to East 65-10. And round 18, lost to West 65-11. Oh, man. Can you imagine conceding 30-plus points? And you're like, wow, that's one of our better weeks. Yeah. Far out. And uh, they had two wins that year. And they were both yeah. against university. <laughs> Poor old university. Poor old university. Speaking of, the mm-hmm. 1936 university team comes next. So the following year from that, yeah? Yeah. Yep. They had one win from from 14 games. They scored just 99 points that year and conceded 414. Whoa. Um, yeah, they they were a struggling outfit at this stage. Um, they won something like five games over the last five years, six years, something like that. Jeez. They were, they were just being whipping boys at this stage. They literally were the bye. Yeah, that's that's terrible. Now I'm starting to feel bad for them. now we're into the uh final six here okay the next one is the 1920 university team Mm -hmm. and they are the highest ranked team on this list that didn't win the wooden spoon oh wow that's interesting yes they had one win from 13 games and that one win was against the last placed annandale side who we'll get to (laughs) just slightly up on the list here yeah but um they conceded 38.31 points per game in those 13 games that year. Wow. So that was 498 points conceded. You know, it's interesting. Like, then 16 years later, they're terrible. Like, yeah. That's just their history is terrible. That's exactly what it is. Um, just whipping boys constantly. Mm. Um, so now we're into the top five. Yeah. And the first one is one that we've all seen. Oh, sorry, the fifth place one is the one we've all seen, and that was the 2016 Knights team. Yeah, and this one, uh, this was another team you watched them, and I still rate Wests worse than them. Do you? Would you rate Wests worse than that team? Yes. Okay. But the, you knew while you were watching this Knights team that this was a low point, and there was nothing salvageable from that year. No, that's right. Um, conceded the fourth highest amount of points in a year, at 800 even. Um, the 1998 West team had 802 points conceded. The 1982 Canberra team conceded 862, and that 99 West side we mentioned before conceded 944. Yeah. Um, they won just one of 24 games, had a draw as well, so they won 4.17% of games that year. Wow. Conceded 33 points per game. That's pretty special. Who was their one win against? <laughs> Please don't say Penrith. I thought you were just trolling me then. No. Is it West? 
I, I reckon it might have been West. <laughs> yeah, it was against the West Tigers, 18-16. Oh, jeez, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I was confident I knew that one. <laughs> West Tigers, eh? <laughs> that probably got them into ninth place. <laughs> how, can, how, how consistent is that, eh? Because this year they also came up against a team that hadn't won in almost 365 days and they lost to them as well. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Utter trash. Anyway, uh, top four. Okay. So number four is the 1920 Annandale team, which I just mentioned. They lost all 13 games that year, scored just 4.5 points per game, and conceded 29.38. Whoa. So they scored less than a converted try at the time because tries were only yes. three points. That's correct. Far out. Atrocious that, attack. That's rough. Yeah. Uh, one of the worst attacks. That's actually worse than the uh, 1908 Glee, uh, Cumberland team, which scored 38 points in eight games. Jeez. <laughs> that That's really bad. <laughs> and the final three places are all taken up by University. Oh, that's amazing. I'm actually and impressed by that. In each of those three, uh, these upcoming three seasons, they did not win or draw a single game. Okay. So 1935 University, come dead last, lost all 16 games, scored 109 points, conceded 529, which, while conceding 33 points is atrocious, Mm -hmm. it was dwarfed by the Bulldogs that year, who's conceded eight points per game more on average. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, they lost two games to that Bulldogs team that got flogged by everyone. That's how bad University was. Yeah, that's kind of weird that their defense... Overall, wasn't as bad, but they still lost to a team whose defence was worse. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, number two is the 1921 University team. Um, they lost all eight games that year, conceded 292 points, which was 36.5 points per game. Mm-hmm. And at the top is the 1937 University team, their last season in the game. Um Zero wins, zero draws, eight losses, averaged 5.13 points per game, and conceded 38.63 points per, per game. Jeez. That's, uh, that's amazing. That's how nasty they were. This should be like some sort of celebration for futility for the university team. Oh, absolutely. We should call the wooden spoon the university spoon or something like that. I think that's a great idea. Mm. We need we need to somehow recognise this team. We really do, because, like, that's pretty special to have the three worst teams of all time, but then also be scattered through other, you know, through the top 20 still. Yeah. Wow. Oh, no, they were, they were horrible. What now, was one thing the, I wanted... have you got... Sorry, go on, go on. No, what were we going to say? I was going to say, have you got their overall winning percentage for their entire history? Because it must be terrible. Uh, yes, I do. Where did I have that? I remember looking this up for you the other day. Uh, yeah, we were talking about this, weren't we? Here we go. Is that it? Yeah, they had 47 wins, 5 draws, and 190 losses. Oh. So that works out at, whoops, trying to use the calculator here, 37 divided by 
237, 242. That's 19.4%. Wow. Through history. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> that's depressingly rough. Yeah. Can you imagine being a university fan when they enter the competition? And you're <laughs> like, this is going to be my team. That'd be really bad. Oh, you couldn't. You just couldn't. No, you'd have to get off. You'd have to, for your own sanity, you'd just have to get off the train. <laughs> now, one thing I wanted to mention mm-hmm. is there's been, um, what was it, 15 teams mm-hmm. in the history of the game that have conceded 30 points in a season or worse. Yeah. And most of those have been mentioned here. Yeah. But... Um, at the moment, the 2020 Broncos team are one of those teams. And they're averaging 31 points per game that they're conceding. And when you watch them at the moment, I mean, the defense is... It's hard to explain how easy some of the tries are. And the thing that gets me is not so much the tries that teams are scoring out wide. It's that when, you know, you're, you're attacking the Broncos' line... And it'll just be Ford that does a hit-up. Nothing special about it. A one-out hit-up. And they just tend to just go through the line and score. And it's that lack of desire in their defense, which There's is no that yeah, level. That initial contact mm. in, when making tackles is so weak. It's almost like the, the defense are standing flat-footed. They're not trying to lean into a tackle. They're standing flat-footed. And so... When a player runs at them and puts a fender on, it doesn't matter how small that player is. If they're running at someone who's standing flat-footed, they're going to push them over. Mm. And that's kind of what's happening an awful lot, and especially in the last 20 minutes of games. I mean, for a team to come through 15, you know, 15 games and to have scored less than 20 points for the year in the final 20 minutes of a match over those 15 games, that's atrocious. It really is, and like... I guess that there's, because we're playing less rounds this year, we're only playing 20 rounds, that's going to help them historically because I think that uh, towards the end of this year, I wouldn't be shocked if that um, average loss number goes up because there's so much going on at the the Broncos right now. Um, Man, they really are bad. And, and, you know, like you, you can't see where, they really deserve to be there. And, like, they've got a game this weekend against the Roosters. The Roosters could put up, you know, they could put up 50 against them. It, it wouldn't again, be a shock. Again, easy. Mm. Um, What's yeah, their I mean, running? So they've got the – let's have a look at their running. They've got the Roosters this weekend. Next weekend, they on, on round 17, they play the Panthers. I mean – who knows what that's going to be. That might end up being the Panthers' biggest win ever. Kick out will be back for that game. Uh, round 18, they're playing the Gold Coast Titans, which won't be easy for them. Titans will uh, put 30 on them again. Yeah. Round 19, they're playing the Paramatic Eels. Oh. And in the last round, they're playing the Cowboys, so that'll be something. <laughs> <laughs> that could very well be a challenge for the uh, the Spoon, that one. It really could be. Right now, the the Broncos are in 15th, the Cowboys are in 14th. Um, the Bulldogs look like they're threatening for a win. But... Yeah, I mean, 
Let's be honest. If we're looking at those three teams right now, especially now that the Cowboys are without Jason Tormalolo for a few weeks, if not mm-hmm. the rest of the year, because um, he got himself an injury today, yeah. um, the Bulldogs probably look like most likely to score the next win out of those three sides. And if they do that, their points difference is going to make them jump up above them, a bunch, both those teams. Yeah. And if the Bulldogs can jag two wins and those Queensland teams don't pick up any, then we'll have three Queensland teams at the bottom of the ladder. That'd be crazy, hey? It will. The thing is, like, the Bulldogs, I think you you would agree with me, they still are the least talented team in the competition. Yeah, look, their attack is um, pedestrian at best. It looked a bit better today. Um, having a proper fullback in the team in Hoppawati certainly makes them look a bit sharper. Mm-hmm. But um, it's still a pedestrian attack. It's still yeah. struggling. Um, and they're not a. They don't even play for sixty minutes in attack, and that's a part of their problem. They just yeah. drop their guard so quickly. They're so. uh, they and like I, I, you can't even pile on to them because they are what they are, unfortunately, at the moment, and it's because of what, the way the club's been run for quite some time. But the thing about the Broncos is, you look at their team, and I mean, there's a bunch of players like. Tony Staggs, I think, is a fantastic player. I think he's underrated. Um, even someone like Herbie Farnworth, he's been pretty good this year. Anthony Milford's on, like, what, a million bucks a year. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Onfengau, he's a pretty handy player. Isaac Luke is an older player now, but he's he's a handy player. Don't mind Reese Kennedy. David Fafita is one of the best second roles in the game. You can't really blame him. He's playing fantastic. And he's missed part of the fair chunk of the season too. Yeah, yeah. So, And then you've got someone like a Payne Haas, uh, Pangai, uh, Tavita Pangai, obviously has been in the side for most of the year. It's incredible that their defense is that bad. Is Pangai now gone though? He, I, I believe he is still waiting for his breach notice from the, the club, which is kind of weird that he's still waiting for it. But he's not officially sacked. Oh, there you go. Um, another young player they got there who's been playing pretty well is uh, Thomas Flegler. Yeah, and, he's all right. And Patrick, and Patrick Carrigan. And, and this is the thing. Like, we can sit here and talk about the players that have been playing well, and then you look at – then you watch the games and they, how terrible their defense is. I mean, they they had the, the Dragons scored 28 points against them. The Dragons can't attack. Yeah. That's the thing, though, is that the good players that the Broncos have got, none of them are in the spine. Yeah, that's true. And that's your problem. You've got to have a good spine. You've got to have a spine that can put points on, um, and they just don't. And we've talked about the... In, in defence especially, you see it in attack, but in defence especially, they look as though they're a team that hasn't got a defensive philosophy. They look as though they're just all individuals out there doing their, well, not even doing their best, but trying to, you know, some of them go up and in, some of them slide. They're all over the place. Yeah. No, they're, they're lost. Mm. That's the only way to put it. They are just lost. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you think of that uh, that list of the worst teams ever? Were there any there that you thought should have been in there? Um, I was happy to see West in there because they're, the, as I said, the worst team I've seen. Um, it, it feels weird that the Knights are in there, but 
I, I can see how they tick all of the boxes. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that University take the top three teams. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's a team. I, I thought that with 20 teams, Penrith might have snuck a team in there because for the start of their history, they were just an abomination for the most part. Um, they weren't too and, bad because they, they didn't get the spoon too often. Mm-hmm. Like They came in at a time when East were at their absolute worst and they had Cronulla as well to compete with who was struggling as well for a while there. Um, and a few other teams Parramatta were... too. Like yeah. Parramatta were pretty bad. Parramatta the... were picking up a lot of spoons at the time. Um, the yeah. Bulldogs were struggling too. Yeah. So it just meant there was quite a, quite a group at the bottom of the ladder that were fighting over wins, and it just meant that their win percentage was able to stay up reasonably high, which kept them off that list. Yeah, and I guess it also meant that they were getting wins against each other as well. Yeah. And they weren't, they weren't a team that often got flogged either. Mm-hmm. They just lost frequently, but they didn't get flogged frequently. Yeah. <laughs> that's the most that's positive the, spin I can put on it. Exactly. And, like, that's how bad they were. It's like, yeah, they were they were absolutely terrible, but, they, you know, not that terrible. They weren't shit terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. But, yeah, I, I love that list, and I'm, I'm glad that we've done it back-to-back with the best teams of all time as, as well. So it's like we can say, like, Look at 221, look at 222. There you go. That's what the people wanted. That's what we've got them. Exactly. Well, look, thank you for putting that list together for us. It's This is the best part about doing a podcast with Rugby League's leading statistician. Um, and it's funny because these are things that you and me, on some level, we've talked about a lot of this stuff in podcasts we haven't recorded at about 3.30am when we're doing some deep dive into the the stats that you've got there on your computer. So it's fantastic to finally put them in, into podcasts. Absolutely. We're going to be doing an awful lot more of these because um, people seem keen on them. So um, I'm working on some stats for a few others at the moment. So they'll be coming up in the next week or so. That's awesome. So, I can't wait for them. Mm, one's almost ready to go. Excellent. So... Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. As always, make sure you um, you know, follow us on Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. You can check us out on YouTube, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, on our own website, FergoOnTheFreak.com. You can yep. contact us over there. Yeah, hit contact. Uh, you'll send an email straight through the website, which is fantastic. The other way you can get in touch is if you email us at podcast at leaguefreak.com. Brilliant. Um, and I would just say there has been a a review mm-hmm. in the last few days, and I, I want to read it out because it's a short one. Okay, go for it. So it's titled, Not Journalists of Rugby League. Excellent. Uh, this is the only podcast I listen to without wearing clothes. I wish I could give it five, uh, six stars. <laughs> and it's from C. Barb's Ring. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the best way to listen to our podcast, I reckon. Naked. Yes, and what, looking at Barb's Ring? Yeah, well, I don't know. I could leave that part out. Considering how we start this podcast, I assume that's what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn. laughs> And on that note, thanks for tuning in, everyone.
We'll catch you all next time.